Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on current events, trends, market reports, and community discussions. Join us each week from Tampa, Florida, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Patrick Kelly. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly. As always, I am honored to be here coming to you live from Tampa, Florida. Now, we've got a pretty cool podcast this week coming to you live with PMA Food Service Delivered, as well as we have two guests, Tony Stahersky, the division president at Hardy's Fresh Foods, as well as the president of Texas Harvest Company, and Martha Montoya, the CEO of Ag Tools. Now, we're going to cover a lot in this episode, talking with Tony about the produce boxes, the families, the farmers, USDA contract that he was subcontract, not directly, as well as some of the cool things that Hardy's Fresh Foods is doing, as well as some items over the summer that can be purchased. We then talk with Martha Montoya at Ag Tools, who is our choice partner at Ag Tools to help our industry see more and achieve more. We will also learn about about how her data insights and technology-driven data are here to change the industry. So let's have a fun ride today on the Produce Industry Podcast and see what's in the fields and on the horizon. As always, I'm looking forward to having a great session with you and looking forward to learning from all of our guests. So let's get going and get Martha Montoya on the line to talk a little bit about Ag Tools. Hi, Martha. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast. Good morning and afternoon, depending on where we are. Yeah, depending on where you are, who's listening, good evening, good morning, good night, I mean, good afternoon, whichever you want to say. But uh, I always appreciate uh, having you on the show today. It's crazy. It's PMA Food Service Delivered Time. We have another virtual show upon us. There's more virtual shows coming out. Everybody is talking about multimedia. They're talking data. They're talking how to navigate this new world. Isn't it crazy? It's just amazingly crazy how we have to readjust and reshuffle all the time now. It is. But you know what? That's what's so cool though about your company and Ag Tools. So let's talk a little bit about you and your company though today. This segment is specifically for you and we want to talk about how Ag Tools can really impact our produce and supply chain community. Well, um, let me let me kind of explain why we exist. And we exist because when we say good morning, good afternoon, good evening, our industry seems to be at 24-7. And very few people in the world understand our industry that it's an ongoing basis movement and things change literally sometimes by the minutes. And we wonder why, and we do believe that by using data on real time, you're able to be a little bit better planner and better forecaster than just going a little bit by the seat of your pants. So data in a simple, fast, forward form will help us have a better life in this industry. 
It's true. I mean, I've gotten access to the site now. I, I pull it up in the mornings when I get your emails. And so I've been navigating and trying to understand, as, as you know, and your passion is citrus, so is mine. Um, I've been going through the citrus numbers, looking what's coming in, looking at now we have imports from Chile coming in from, you know, before we're Spain and Morocco and South Africa. So the site is pretty cool. I'm starting to understand where the volumes are coming from, you know, what terminal prices are, are going on. So it is really cool information and data to be able to plan for your business. Yes, and, and it's very important and crucial for our industry to know that all the data is official data, meaning that comes directly from government points of data. And though we all grew up with the USDA, which I loved early and is one of my, I'm a fan of USDA, USDA is also an aggregator of data, which means they have to go to the points of data to bring them in the front of USDA. And what has happened is that sometimes it takes a little bit longer to bring update data, or they have to refresh and reclaim data and so or scrape it and by the time they do that we already have gone to the next week and we didn't realize that maybe there were not enough trucks brought in from south africa when they checked them in and then they refresh that system in the u.s customs world and now it's not 20 trucks but 24 trucks and we thought it was 20 because we look at the data at that point so i always tell everyone it's official data from the apis what they call from the point of data the ring in the front and we refresh it every every time that you open your cursor it refreshes us and go to the source a billion transactions per second and brings it into your front of your phone wow that's fantastic so let's talk about this though martha we have pma food service delivered here now in our industry the food service sector has been demolished by COVID-19. I mean, completely demolished. Even though restaurants have opened back up up to 50% capacity in some states, other states, they're closing back down because COVID cases are clearly rising as we've seen, right? So mm -hmm. in PMA food service, right, how can we help our food service industry partners how can we help guide them through ag tools? I mean, I obviously, this would be a good tool for some wholesalers and distributors trying to figure out what inventories to hold, what to bring in, what, you know, what to bring in from other countries or what to hold. Am I right? 100%. And, and no matter what happens right now, what's going on right now, you have to remember that everything was planted ahead of time that everything was already pre-prepared, even, even to do lettuce. You, your, your lettuce producers were supposed to get loans, land, fertilizers, so the boat is already in motion. So if you're able to see what has happened in the last five, seven, 10 years, and you look into what could, that will give you a little bit of a window of thinking what could happen in the next, this six months or a year, um, because no matter what, we still have people to eat. People will eat no matter what, whether they go to the restaurant or whether they go to what now they call industrial kitchens or whether they go through the NGOs that are feeding people, you still are delivering these products or these food elements. So by looking at 25 years of historical data and you start plugging three years, five years, and we had yesterday an amazing conversation with one farmer who's going to reduce from 600 acres to 400 acres. But then when you look at the data, the data is showing that there's not even, there's not a reduction of production. There's even an increase of uh, product being sold and shipped across. And so something is amiss here where 
the farmer is not reading or the grower or the shipper is not reading the data to understand that maybe there's another issue and it's not just C19, but the realignments and the readjustments of distribution uh, worlds. Doesn't mean I'm, I'm not underplaying the fact that it's tough, but I have myself have lived this throughout wars and earthquakes and uh, oil crises and, and you always readjust fast and you still survive within the uh, parameters that are thrown at you. Okay, so I've got a scenario now for us. So mm -hmm. I, I am a uh, person who does not use this, a wholesale farmer, grower, distributor. I do not use this, right? Because we mm -hmm. know a lot of people probably do not use these tools yet because they still feel that they are controlling that information, right? And I know you've heard this a lot because within technology, mm -hmm. a lot of farmers will say, you know, that's their intellectual property. They don't want to share numbers with you and things like that. But if I'm the person that's not using this, I have to be at a disadvantage because I'm probably spending more time tracking this information down, maybe being in the field or going places that I really shouldn't be going and not focusing on growing my business. Am I right or am I wrong? You're 100% right, and, and I always say the following. I mean, the government, is, the government is not perfect, but it's as close as we get to perfect. I mean, we still have to deliver the data, whether we were packing in a packing house, whether uh, on the field and we have to go through a cooling house. That data, goes, that data goes somewhere, and somebody has that data, which is government. Then what we do is we bring that data. Maybe you ship 20, you walking with two, I don't know, three truckloads of oranges or apparently oranges. And out of that, only five came out to be the ones that you're shipping uh, first grade, second grade or juice, right? Um, we might not have 100% that because the data that is provided sometimes is adjusted for different reasons. I mean, we're in the industry and we have to move fast. But it's as close as you get to understand that so many oranges were packed yesterday and were shipped somewhere. And the data will tell you not only yesterday, but comparatively every single year for the last 25 years. So it gives you patterns. And it's interesting when you open your tool and you start looking at graphics, how your brain, because I believe that people in this industry are very, very smart. When you see the graphics and the, and the ups and downs and the peaks and valleys, you're able to start thinking, oh, wait a minute, this is what's going on. So I was giving you one case. I just, I opened it yesterday and I saw that South Africa came with citrus oranges until June. And my first reaction was, wait a minute, I always know they come in May. Why is that? I mean, this is very unusual. I said, maybe it's COVID-19, right? That's the first thing I thought. COVID-19, so we don't have enough oranges in the system for, for the East Coast or whatever. And you look into it, and it's the weather patterns in January and February that set up the stage for them to come late into the market. So I have in two seconds able to look at the weather patterns. I don't have to call anybody. I've seen it. If I would have seen them in January, February, I would have been able to push my crops and my, my season a little bit longer and charge a little bit more for my box. So in the food service industry, whether you're the buyer or the seller, looking ahead is also looking in the mirror, in the back mirror, what has happened. So it gives you a perspective of the potential future. It makes perfect sense. And what's so funny is, and I say funny because I've been on the buying desk, I've been on the sales desk, and I remember time after time, you know, bosses at the time, right? Or other people, right? I always call bosses or mm -hmm. your customers, your vendors, right? Anybody who could tell you what to do, right? Are you, are you <laughs> we always have a boss anywhere. We have a boss, right? And I, I just always remember, I would have to download apps, the radar apps, 
That was one mm-hmm. app on my phone. And I remember always taking screenshots of those and sending them to people and going, hey, this is what Costa Rica's looking like. Do you see that they're having tons of rain? This is why, you know, pineapples aren't being picked, right? And then all mm-hmm. the way, you know, oh, this is what it looks like in the Central Valley of California. Because if it rains there, the same thing, we get, we get flooding mm-hmm. into the field and then the, the tractors aren't able to get in there. So there's so many things that I'd have to do and it would take time. I mean, it will take some time. Yeah. But maybe that's part of the fruit buyer's um, guide, right? Maybe that's part of being in quality control, you know, understanding and talking to a lot of those people. But if we can centralize a lot of this information and it's accurate and correct, Mm -hmm. and we can find that out in, you know, a second versus calling, leaving a message, texting back and forth, hey, what's it look like out there? You know, I, I think that's very valuable. And the same thing when I spoke to, Hercules drones, you know, they send drones out into the field to Mm -hmm. get some of this data or collect samples because why would you want to drive three hours to the field when there's a lot of other things that are needed to be done? And I understand, yes, we all need to do it at tons of points in our lives, right? When Mm -hmm. I go back to California, Martha, I jump on any chance to go in the orange grove. I always do, right? (laughs) I, I I always do. And, you know, but those are things too that it's good to be there. But again, with technology and tools and data, you're able to write, as you would say, see more and achieve more in your day. And I believe you're right. Everybody in our industry is very smart. They're very intellectual people. And we can get them better knowledge into them with these tools and with this data. I would say uh, just remember the time when you used to take a taxi and the time frame that took you to trust Uber. It, it would be a good three to six months to a year. And I remember myself getting out of the airport and saying, no, I still want to take the taxi because I know the taxi. But I didn't know how much it was going to be charging me, right? But, but it was the taxi. It was the thing that I always used, right? And then all of a sudden, I started thinking, but wait a minute, why am I run, getting to a place for $80, $70, $40 when an Uber will take me $5, dollars $15. And, and I start that shifting of the mind and the trusting of technology, I understand it's not easy. So I always say, look, this is all government data. This is real data. This is nobody's data imposing on us. So start trusting the data because the data is going to help you mobilize your businesses and arrange your uh, production in much, much more profitable ways. Fantastic. I love it. Well, Martha, I want to thank you for coming on the show today and giving some advice to some of the people during the PMA Food Service Delivered virtual conference, as well as all of our listeners who are listening uh, throughout the globe, as we say. So I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you so much. I have to tell you guys, I've lived through wars. I've lived through all of it around the world and we always come on top. The industry is just beautifully and beautiful and very uh, tenacious. So we'll be, we'll be okay. We'll just have to readjust a little bit more. It was great to hear from Martha Montoya at Ag Tools. If you're interested in learning more about Ag Tools, please visit their website at www.ag.tools and learn more about how data can help you see more achieve more. Now let's hear from Tony Stahersky from Hardy's Fresh Foods. Hey, Tony, welcome to the show today. Hey, Patrick, how are you doing? Uh, doing fantastic, or as you would say as earlier, uh, another day in paradise, right? Another day in produce paradise. Never gets old. 
Yeah, I know, man. I'll tell you what, it, it never does. All the fires, all the fun, everything we do on a daily basis. Um, new learning experience every day, even if it's the same problem, wouldn't you say? Yeah, uh, this industry is uh, quite quite a pill these days. And uh, like I always tell my employees, what happened today, just forget about it. Something new will be, be there tomorrow. So keep keeps you going, that's for sure. 100%, 100%. Well, I always like to start off and tell our listeners how we met. So with COVID-19 and everybody learning and meeting virtually, I saw a lot of Tony's posts on LinkedIn. He was posting about some of the USDA box programs, uh, what was happening within industry, within supply chains, and don't be worried about your supply chain. And I saw a lot of leadership within Tony, and I reached out direct. Um, said, I love what you're doing with the Farmers to Families Box program. I love your leadership and the impact you're making on the community. And Tony reached out the same day, reached back, said thank you. And we started a conversation. And that's where we really led us today. Right, Tony? Yeah, it's actually really cool. <clears throat> you know, the LinkedIn community inside of the produce network uh, is pretty strong these days. And uh, get a get a lot of uh, great great information out there. You see a lot of cool posts, see a lot of innovation, and, and you make a lot of good connections. And, uh, uh, you know, being a part of the little produce LinkedIn community, air quota, it's, it's enjoyable to see what's, what's happening, especially this time of the world, uh, where you may be not be able to go to the trade shows or see some of your partners. And it's, it's just a great way to stay updated. I, uh, I will admit I'm not much of a social media guy, but uh, LinkedIn is definitely my, uh, my go-to for, for networking and, and um, you know, seeing what's going on in other people's backyards. I agree. I always wonder if other industries are as active and you have to think, you know, if we are the produce industry, because we are, you know, farmers, very old school industry, right? Um, I always think that everybody's doing that. And I've met a lot of new people uh, on LinkedIn, all the way from London uh, to right in your backyard in San Antonio. Um, I met a gal just the other day. So yeah, LinkedIn's a very powerful tool. And I always give my advice uh, to say, listen, if you're not on LinkedIn, join it, start connecting with your community because I've gained a lot of opportunities just from it and viewing what's going on in the community, all these discussion groups that happen. You start to see news articles that you would not pick up on your normal CNN or your Fox News or your normal Wall Street. You wouldn't. You see things that you're like, wait a minute, that affects me. Wait, how many onions yep. are they dumping? What are they doing here? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Yeah. This is in my backyard. So, well, you know what? Speaking of that, Tony, so Hardy's uh, participated in that Families to Farmers box program that we saw. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that. But realistically, how's the company doing during this COVID-19 pandemic? Well, I'd say the best, best term we can say is we're, we're hanging in there and we're surviving and we're, and we're thriving as a company. Um, you know, COVID was, was something that I think, uh, you know, we all kind of had this uh, fear of it. And, and, you know, in about a 48-hour window, it was uh, plopped in our lap. So we had to make a lot of the adjustments that we, you know, the, the industry as itself did, uh, you know, us being heavily uh, centered in the food service segment. Uh, you know, we obviously saw a lot of our customer partners, um, you know, have to reel in and deal with the, the lockdown and, and those types of things. So definitely, you know, heavily impacted by it, but, um, you know, one of our core values is, you know, innovation and, and we've just kind of hunkered down and, and, and found a way to, to survive and thrive through it. So um, the farmer's food box was a, was a great thing. I mean, we were, we were not a direct award, but we were blessed to be uh, a partner with GoFresh. We had a, a very large award and a, a subcontracting piece and um, 
had some, you know, B2C models that kind of, you know, spurred out of thin air and really got out into the community and started helping, uh, you know, and when times were really the toughest there towards the end of March and, and early April. So very, very challenging times, undoubtedly, a lot of stress, a lot of late nights, a lot of soul searching for, for everybody on the team. But, um, you know, I'm happy to say that, you know, Hardy as a whole is, is, is doing well. And uh, we, we rely heavily on our customer partners um, to, you know, to support them through this and along with our vendor partners. And, and it's really, you know, kind of gets tired of being saying it, we are all in this together. And I think that's what's helped us uh, get to the level we're at right now. Um, you know, somewhat mid COVID, I don't even want to say post COVID, but mid COVID where we are right now, but uh, definitely, definitely challenging times. Yeah, for sure it is. And you say it like mid COVID and I was talking pre and post COVID and all these different things, but you're right. I mean, we're living in a different world and I keep telling everybody there's no new norm anymore. Right. Um, change yeah. is the inevitable change is normal, right? So get used to change and that will always be your normal. But you know, it, it is true. We did part of that farmers to families box program as well. We supplied citrus to them through one of my organizations and we weren't awarded the contract direct. We were kind of a subcontractor just bagging oranges and sending it out to a company in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I did a podcast when I was up in Grand Rapids, uh, visiting the facility, uh, checking out where the boxes were going, seeing the delivery centers. And you know what? I'll tell you, it was being a subcontractor just on oranges and supplying oranges. I can tell you that we had those long nights too, <clears throat> right? I mean, we had those yeah. same scenarios on the backside as we were the farmer, grower, packer, shipper supplying the wholesaler that has the contract with these 5013Cs. So even on our side, because we were producing a good amount of loads per week in this six week period, man. So I, I definitely agree with you. And I think just the adapting and pivoting and trying to figure out what's best to do for the community, what's best to do for your employees, what's best for you. I mean, that, that's really it. And you said it earlier. It's like, what's best for everyone because we are in this together. And the, the box program got extended too. I mean, it got extended through December. Do you have any part of that going through December? Yeah, we do. We have, we have, we have a portion of it. Again, we're, uh, you know, blessed to be partners with GoFresh up there in Tulsa and the Texas market is, uh, you know, a, a very large market. So we are uh, continuing to support uh, that program. And, you know, first and foremost, you know, the program has been uh, really rewarding to be a part of because in a time of need when there's uh there's there's so many people impacted whether they're furloughed or you know not working or sick or you know feeding the front lines a pro a program that proact put together that we were involved with i mean it's just really rewarding to uh you know see what you're doing you know helping the community and helping the community in a big way and i you know the the usda pulled off a program in, in short order that's uh pretty 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 unbelievable um in its best sense so no it didn't come without you know a little little problems here and there but i think overall the, the mission was accomplished and uh you know looking looking forward to seeing how the program evolves i mean i think the industry now sees that this could be something that um you know is sustainable for for you know charity groups and food banks down the road so um cer certainly you know really blessed to be a part of the program and be able to to see what we're doing helping the communities out Man, that's fantastic. And it's true. I mean, think about it. We've been helping the food banks in so many different ways, right? You would give them bulk fruit or bulk rice or bulk wheat. And now to give them a different custom box, it's definitely impacting the community. And I say that all the time. I'm like, listen, the people in the community are getting the freshest produce they have probably ever had in their life. Yeah. 
it is coming yeah. like three, four touches before they would actually go and get it. So it is, man. And, and I applaud you for that. I thank Hardy's for that. Listen, I mean, and to get on with someone that's got the contract, because we know there was a lot of fuss in that contract of who got it, who didn't get it. But realistically, there was a lot of great companies that got the contract, oh, or yeah. the contract. And then those great companies went back and then awarded more great companies like yourself um, and the company that I work with as well to be part of it. So I totally agree with you. And I do think it's a blessing to be able to be a part of that and help the community out as well. So if we look, you saw over the summer, this is, you guys got a lot of things going on. It looks like, looks like you're going to have a fun summer. Okay. Because you got the box <laughs> program going on. What else is happening? I mean, with Hardee's, I mean, what are some current supply uh, trends that you guys have going on over the summer? I mean, are there any staple items that you guys are pushing out there or getting to your customers? Oh yeah. I mean, summertime in Texas is a, is a little bit different. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite hot down here uh, this, these times of the year. So we kind of have a little bit of a lull and lull in our lull in our season and demand as people are, uh, you know, normally vacationing and, and doing these types of things. But, you know, with COVID around, we're seeing, um, you know, demand a little bit higher than what we would normally see. Um, you know, we're, we're big in the school, school world. We, we service a lot of schools. So, um, the schools are continuing to to, to feed, and, and we're we're driving a lot of innovation and some grab and go items and some packaged items that really, you know, lean toward a safe feeding environment. So that's been a, a really cool development. Um, something that we had been in in our manufacturing uh, business, uh, Texas Harvest, for some time now. But um, you know, now that the schools and and some of the other customers are are looking at these safe opportunities to, to, to feed people. It's really caught a lot of steam and been a great, I mean, the variety of items that we're putting in uh, small baggies. I mean, I would have never guessed it, but it's working out. It's been a great, great, uh, great revenue for us and a great way for us to serve our community again and help the schools out along with, you know, um, some new, some new customer demand. Um, you know, we've been able to pivot into some of the e-commerce uh, big players um, as their demand has been much higher due to COVID. People don't want to go to the grocery store. So a lot of diversification, a lot of innovation. I mean, obviously top items in the summer down here in, in, in Texas, I mean, you can't go anywhere without getting guacamole and salsa. So, you know, avocados are number one selling item uh, for Hardee's, you know, into the food service sector and, seasonal local produce peaches and all those kind of varieties that are in play right now and always do well with all of our partners so it's just that you know the the demand is much different <clears throat> than you know a traditional summer down here in texas but uh, we're pivoting and we're learning and, and we're continuing to find good ways to con continue to supply great customers so. you know and that's great and that's one of the things i brought up earlier right is your leadership listen listeners here on the line Tony's talking about thriving with the community. He's talking about building community. I mean, these are all great assets of a leader. So Tony, I really greatly appreciate that because that's what I'm learning from you right now, even on the call, right? And that's what's great about you, Tony, because that's what I found you on LinkedIn. And I'm not just giving you props is because when you learn, you learn, right? You got to give the, the credit where it's due. So I do appreciate that. And I appreciate the thought leadership within the community in Texas and what you're doing. So think about it though. So we always say in the Produce Industry Podcast, you know, uh, what's new in the field and on the horizon, right? And there's a lot of things coming, like United Fresh has come out with a virtual show this year. PMA is now going virtual. There's new online learning segments that are happening. YouTube shows are being created. I don't know if you saw the new Sunkiss show that came out that talks like everything lemons. Like everybody's coming out with something new. 
Is there anything, you know, in the fields or on the horizon with Hardee's that we could get a sneak peek of or that might be coming up? Yeah. So, well, one, I, you know, I applaud all the associations for being responsible and not pushing the travel, you know, right now. I mean, it's, it's a tough time for businesses and, you know, costs are always something we have to keep in mind. So, you know, being able to, to log in and, and do some of the United Fresh, I actually participated in one of the virtual learning centers and it was, uh, it was really cool. And I think that's going to be, um, you know, somewhat of the new norm, I guess, as we talked about, you know, moving forward is, is having the ability to do some of this stuff virtual. And I think that's great because it, you know, it keeps costs down, keeps people safe. But, um, you know, I think for Hardy's little peek under the hood is, you know, we're, we're, we're going to continue to diversify and we're going to continue to find a way to, to be the leader in Texas and have a great brand, a safe brand, and, and really provide the, the, the best service to our customer base. But, you know, pivoting to some consumer models and, um, you know, with our manufacturing company, Texas Harvest, a very strong brand growing very rapidly, um, you know, with the USDA kitchen, um, you know, grab and go opportunities, you know, direct to consumer, more on shelf branding, possibly some, you know, retail presence, um, you know, in certain areas. So um, just just really nothing's off the table at the moment. I think, you know, over the years of being a distributor and even a manufacturer, you kind of get kind of get put in your lane and, and kept there. And I think these times are, you know, for you to great times for you guys to innovate and, and get out there and see what else you can do with your model. <clears throat> I love it, man. I love it. There's more things to come. And this is a perfect time to take a quick break and hear from Ag Tools. Are you ready to enhance your skills? Every day we are tasked to make fast, effective decisions to keep up with the fast-paced produce industry. At AgTools, we take the pressure off of gathering data to help make your day easier and more enjoyable. Connecting the supply chain with AgTools is unique, practical, and easy. AgTools can be used from multiple angles of the produce industry, from farmers all the way to logistics companies. We call that 360-degree decision-making day after day. Visit www.ag.tools.com to gain more reliable and relevant data to see more, achieve more. And now, back to our show. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast. We are here with Tony from Hardee's. So Tony, great to have you back on the line and always great to hear from AgTools. Speaking of innovation, technology, and sneak peeks of what's to come. So as we're talking about Hardee's, let's talk about opportunities. You know, we always try to give our listeners some opportunities, whether it's in the fresh fruit industry, supply chain, advice, anything that we can come up with because we want to be valuable and produce valuable content. So what kind of opportunities are out there that yourself and Hardee's can provide? to our listeners? Well, I think, you know, again, in, in the COVID world, and I think you got to throw everything you, you knew, uh, you know, three months ago out, out kind of out the window is, uh, you know, open-minded and, and, you know, not, not being able to, uh, you know, say we've been down that road before and, and we know it doesn't work. I think the consumer base is shifting and, and, and we're shifting as a company and we're looking at new, new places to, to move our products into. And, and, the other, the other piece that we've really found is, in this process is just really strong partnerships. I mean, partnerships with your customers, partnerships with your vendors. Um, you know, it's great to always maybe be shopping around and looking for the best deals. I mean, that's part of part of what we do as an industry. But but also really, you know, being able to rely on, on folks much beyond just the price in this environment. So 
um, that's that's been a really big part of of us thriving through this. Just having that trust in our in our supply chain and our partners, uh, both customer forward and, and vendor forward, and with our employees, and and really just putting putting that model first has been been a really great opportunity for us in this situation. But from the supply chain side, I think it's it's going to be relatively challenging. Um, you know, as as the the growers have to make their adjustments to the new the new demand, and and everybody's going to have to be very diligent and. And uh, like I said, have great partnerships out in the industry to be able to kind of forge ahead uh, into the next uh, next economy, really, the next uh, produce economy that we're all going to be facing. But I, I do think there's there's going to be quite a bit of opportunity. Um, you know, customers maybe used two or three suppliers in the past, maybe looking for only one or two now. Um, so that's it's it's really coming down to relationships and the services and the options that you you know you and your companies can offer your partners. Yeah, strategic partnerships is huge. I just read an article uh, by Jeff Hudson Searle. He's the author of Purposeful Discussions, a great book. He's a business leader uh, you know, globally over in uh, London, England, but it was about strategic partnerships. It was exactly what you just said. I mean, yeah, and I've seen it too, even from our business. Um, the guys that we were probably spot selling a year ago, Tony, um, have told me, hey, uh, due to COVID, we're going to stick to our current contract and suppliers. You know, we'll call you if needed. You know what I mean? And we have seen business drop in that nature. But then, as you just said, the relationships that we've had with a lot of our larger customers have been very strong and very loyal in that aspect. So I totally agree with you that the strategic partnerships have to rise, have to flow, and really ready for this. It's time to make new ones, too, because there's a lot of good companies out there. Um, that are in need of help. So we have to prevent food waste as well because I've seen food waste, Tony, as you know, in the packing house there or your wholesale distributor center. I've seen it on the growing packing side. And then heck, what about when we throw dinner out at the end of the night if we don't finish it or keep it in the fridge? There's food waste all across the board, right? So, but one yeah. thing you said earlier, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to. So you talked about schools. So my wife's a teacher, Tony, and we yep. have to make a decision in two weeks, we live in Tampa, Florida, and we've got to make the decision to either send our kids to school, uh, wearing masks, six feet differences, um, all these different things, or distancing, and all these different things, uh, or homeschool and do virtual schooling. And we've got to make this decision, but I think even that's going to affect our produce industry as well because i think that there are going to be a lot of parents that are going to keep their kids home and as my wife said the essential workers that you know have to go back to work past summer they're the ones their kids are going to be in school right because they have to be at work versus my wife's a teacher she's being offered to teach virtual and online right they're being offered these certain things so do you see that affecting some of these school programs that are laid out that have funding for it because I don't think that their schools are going to be holding any inventory these, this year at all. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, like I always kind of say, we, we don't know if we're seeing in flight at the end of the tunnel or a, a gorilla holding a flashlight. The, the school conversation is something that's you know, very fluid uh, with us right now. And I think in the industry and, and frankly, even in the legislation state, state by state, I mean, obviously there's a lot of politics involved, which I won't even go there, but but, you know, as, as we sit here today, we're getting very mixed signals. I mean, Texas is a very diverse state. We have very large districts. We have very small districts. We have very rural districts, um, you know, rich and poor, you name it. So we're getting, we're getting a lot of different signals. Um, 
we do believe, or I do believe, a significant portion of districts will, um, you know, start school back up and, and they will continue to do, you know, somewhat, uh, air quote, normal school feeding programs, uh, which are, which are, you know, great for the industry and great for the supply. And we move a lot of pro- product into the schools. Um, however, I do see that maybe that will be a, 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 you know, a short wave and then they might have to retract. Um, I do see the virtual being offered quite a bit. Um, however, you know, and I know in, in Houston, one of our larger districts down here, I mean, we, we, we have a, a district that's, you know, less fortunate than others, and they depend heavily on the school district for not only child, you know, for the kids to be uh, at school so the parents can work, but also for the nutritional aspect of the schools. And, and uh, so it's very unknown at the moment of how it'll be handled, but um, we're, we're watching it very close. And, and I don't wish that decision on, it, on any parent right now because it's got to be a tough decision you know, we t- choosing between some cases, you know, your livelihood, your job, and also your child's safety. It's 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 a big one. So, um, I really hope that the schools make great decisions to keep the kids safe, and and we can find a common ground to get past all this. But uh, it's it's somewhat split decision the way I see it right now in Texas. Some of the districts are. Um, I saw a district in, in, in the Houston area put a purchase order out on online for forty eight, not to exceed forty eight million dollars for Chromebooks. Uh, there's an indicator right there that there's going to be some virtual um, teaching going on when when a school district's going to spend fifty million bucks on on laptops. And um, but, yeah, but they're, not every they're, district's not, they're not creating a countermeasure. They 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 made their decision. Yeah. <laughs> they no, they yeah. made their decision. Yeah, yeah. So, but but that's not possible. I mean, you know, every district's not funded like a district like that. So. Um, yeah, I guess it's TBD, but it but it's a it's something we're watching really close. And and as always, we just want to be you know great partners with our schools and 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 do what we can safely for the for the children that we feed. Yeah, I agree. I I, I definitely agree, and that's what my wife and I keep talking about because we have to make this decision, and she keeps looking at me and she's like, "What's your decision?" And I'm like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Why do you look at me?" She's like, "I'm a teacher." She's like, "I yeah. have to work." Like she's like, "Either I'm going to be teaching online for so many hours a day." And that means you're watching the kids if they stay home. And I'm sitting here going, huh. I was like, they would be yeah. good produce assistants. Now, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. but it's true. I got to figure out. And I told my wife, I said, that's crazy because we do think about all these things as well. And we do live in Tampa, which outside of Tampa, there are a lot of districts, right? There's a lot of cities. There are very low income, poverty stricken communities that need these programs. As my wife says, she's got a lot of kids that come in that love getting their breakfast in the morning. They love eating their oranges. They love getting their apples. They love getting their apple juice. So yeah, that's a huge factor. And I did see that the USDA extended that I think it was like $12.5 million for the school funding for the next quarter or for the, you know, the first quarter when schools start back up. But that was, it's, it's always one of my concerns because we look at that and my wife goes to the school to hand out the food, right? For these programs. Yep. Um, well, she was until now they cut it back to only one or two employees are allowed to go before they were all switching off going and doing this. But even that, she said at the end of the day, she said that there were still a lot of food and drinks left. She said, because a lot of these parents too, can't make that drive back and forth. So there are a lot of things out there that this industry is going to come up with and develop even more. We're going to advance with technology and we're going to have a lot of fun while doing it. Right. So, um, 
You know, Tony, one thing I'm going to say is I appreciate you coming on the show today. And to give a shout out to Hardee's, if anybody wants to get a hold of Hardee's over there in Houston um, or the other warehouses, I mean, how do they get a hold of Hardee's? Oh, well, obviously, uh, we got a pretty, pretty nice website out there that you can contact us through, but we're all, uh, all, all the senior management's also uh, sitting on LinkedIn. So you're welcome to, to, uh, to send us a message and we usually all get back pretty quick, but also, you know, our social medias, we got a good, good Instagram and Facebook out there. And, uh, so, uh, or just pick up the phone and give us a call. Uh, we're, we're here uh, every day. So <laughs> a typical produce company, we never, we never go to bed. So, uh, yeah, just, just reach out through any of the channels that are out there. Yeah, 100%. And if you haven't seen the Hardy's website, go to it, hardys.com. It's got graphics that'll impress you. I'm telling you, Tony, I think these are all real pictures that you guys took yourself. I'm hoping they are. They're fantastic. I've looked at the website a bunch of times. So uh, check out hardys.com. Uh, check out what Hardy's is doing in the news and on LinkedIn with the Farmers to Families Box program, um, with being leaders in the industry, you know, their cut to order process and their options to order on their uh, online store. So again, Tony, I really appreciate you coming on the show today and I look forward to having you back in the near future. Anytime. Appreciate talking to me. You've been listening to the Produce Industry Podcast with Patrick Kelly. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor to get new, fresh weekly episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Produce Industry Podcast. Until next time, see you in the fields or on the horizon.